0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. It's time for TV and streaming. Grace McKeever from entertainment.ie is with me in studio. Joe Shea joins us from Cork. And Joe, I know you've been having a look at the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power for us. But before I ask you about it, we're going to have a scene where two hobbits are in discussion. You went to the old farm again, didn't you? I was careful. But the children might not be. I'm sorry, I didn't know. You never get hunters up here before the harvest. Mm. Or wolves.
1: Wonder if there's trouble down south. And what concern is that of yours, Eleanor Brandyfoot? Haven't you ever wondered? What else is out there? how far the river flows or where the sparrows learn the new songs they sing in spring. I can't help but feel there's wonders in this world, beyond our
2: wandering. I've told you, countless times. Elves have forests to protect, dwarfs their minds, mend their fields of grain. Even trees have to worry about the soil beneath their roots. But we Harfoots are free from the worries of the wide world. We are but ripples in a long, long stream. Our path's set by the passing seasons. Nobody goes off trail and nobody walks alone. We have each other. We're safe. That is how we
0: survive. Go on, help your father. Joe, is this the prequel to Glen Rowe?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Hobbits of Valley <laughs> <laughs> Ranging far and wide across the old country with their accents so they are.
0: What in uh, the name of God is that? Nonsense.
1: <laughs> Listen, until you've heard Lenny Henry uh, deliver... The body is, stop, dare that, no, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you really haven't seen TV. And this is the weird thing for Irish audiences, and it's probably only an Irish audience, but the accents of the Hobbits are absolutely terrible stage-caught Irish accents.
0: So, so why? why do they pick Irish accents for the Hobbits? Well, is it, are of, they a relationship to leprechauns or something?
1: <laughs> there's a lot of theories going around about this, but basically the, the, the Hobbits speak with Irish accents, the Dwarfs with Glasgow accents, like they're all... Glaswegian spoiling for a fight and outside a chip on a Saturday night. And, and, then, are, and they, are, are they uh,
0: eating uh, dipped Mars bars as well?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they might as well be. And then all the elves, i like, they've gone to Eaton, You know, my my dear boy. It, it's it's it, if you want to, to look at it from in a, in a, in a kind of a classism sort of way, the Irish are the peasants, the the Scots are the sort of like the, the, the angry peasants, and then the the elves are the kind of the, the upper class British. It's it's very strange. And it's 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 unfortunate because it, it kind of takes away from what is epic on every sense. Sorry, of the word. is like, it?
0: because that dialogue you just played was crap.
1: It's it's yeah, it's the hobbits are a problem. <laughs> we have to admit the hobbits. <laughs> so they are. They're a terrible problem all the same. Um, but the rest of it, it looks amazing. I mean, it's it's an eight series, uh, an eight episode series. It costs four hundred eighty-six million dollars, for this this series alone, about sixty million dollars an episode, is what you're looking at, and it does look like they put every single dollar on the screen because uh, it, 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 it game it makes Game of Thrones look ridiculously tin pot altogether it's just it really does look fantastic, and I'm going to stick with it, and hopefully there'll be less uh, leprechaun straw hobbits running around the place because that that those bits were really doing my head in.
0: Grace, it's getting good reviews from TV critics and now from Joe as well, but it seems that the sort of the ordinary ratings are far from good, and actually I've also seen some uh, newspaper columns which have absolutely taken it to bits and said it's dreadful.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's such a mixed kind of review and if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 84% from critics but it's got 39% from audiences and now I stuck it on after watching The House of Dragons and I actually fell asleep during it. Um, I don't know whether, I can't recall whether it was starting off with those god-awful comparisons and metaphors, (laughs) Joe, but uh, I just found it quite boring, actually. And it's interesting that you say that you can really see, you know, the money that's been spent in that show compared to House of Dragons, because I agree with you. Like, I couldn't see where that money had gone in House of Dragons whatsoever Mm. while I was watching it. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: definitely. How's it comparing? Are you getting into House of Dragons, given that you told us you'd only seen occasional episodes of Game of Thrones? Are you getting into House of Dragons? For
2: sure, and I don't really feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, I don't really have much questions coming up, and I just, I find it so enjoyable. It's such real escapism kind of telly with all the dragons obviously, and uh, mythical creatures and this kind of thing. So, but yeah, Rings of Power just couldn't couldn't grip me at all.
0: Yeah, you could can-
1: Part Joe? of all so, matters is that there's a, there's, a, there's a soundtrack, a constant kind of sub enya, didley idol kind of uh, new age soundtrack. You can hear right. it there. Yeah. Oh, and it's it's grating. It's a guy. It's an Irish American guy called Bear McCleary or something like that, who has a pretty good track record. But he's done a lot of um, mm. video games, a lot of, and, and I, it, it's very much like that. If they could get rid of the Irish accent, the, the really bad Irish accent, and that terrible kind of bed of music, it, it would improve it ten times more.
0: Uh, listener says, stop calling them hobbits, they're half-foots and it's not an Irish accent, it's the accent of the half It just happens to resemble the Irish accent. it has got
2: to be PC nowadays talking okay. about the Rings of Fire. And of
0: course, Joe, uh, another one says, didn't Tolkien not get the idea of Middle-earth from visiting the Burren when he was teaching in Ireland?
1: There are, yeah, there's lots of theories about that and, and there, you know this kind of bleeds into as well because there's a whole bigger bigger debate about, you know, wokeism and stereotypes and using, you know, uh, open casting or blank casting where they have, you know... uh Black actors playing uh, characters and very prominent characters in this. I mean, part of the problem is, and you're referring to the um, to the reviews. There, Amazon has actually switched off the reviews. Um, they're, they're putting a, 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 a seventy two hour delay on them because they want to vet the reviews. So they reckon they're going to get a lot of basically racist reviews that are going to try and try and drag it down. Um, it's. Listen, I think it's, it's definitely there's five there's going to be five seasons of this so whether you like it or not it's going to be a big part of pop culture for quite a while to come and I would urge people to check it out and just go to it with an open mind because it does look fantastic.
0: Well this listener says Lord of the Rings movies were woeful the dullest nine hours ever I'll never watch again or give the show a go either says this listener.
1: Yeah, I mean it's listen, it's it's fantasy and it's hardcore fantasy. So if you if you know if it the thought of elves debating the the wonders of Valinor and the and the fields and the psyllium and the whatever for 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 an hour doesn't appeal to you, you're not gonna like it. But if if you go to it in an open mind, if you did like Lord of the Rings, I think you're definitely gonna like this.
0: Mick and Mayo says the Rotten Tomatoes audience scores for Lord of the Rings are so low because shows like this get review bombed by certain types when they mm-hmm. cast non white actors in roles. Everyone I know who watched it liked it. Now something else I got really bad um, ratings was Marvel's She-Hulk which I think you've had a look at as well haven't you Grace?
2: Yeah I actually am getting a little bit into it now it is kind of a bit a t- kind of trash telly like um, and it's enjoyable at the same time. It's something that I think, you know, is just interesting to watch, to say you've watched it nearly. It's about um, the, the Hulk's cousin. Um,
0: i sorry, it's called She-Hulk Attorney at Law?
2: Yeah, so she gets infected. They're, they have a car crash and she gets infected with the Hulk's blood. So she becomes the She-Hulk, the six foot seven She-Hulk. Um, now she has this job at a law firm that she takes very seriously. And so she wants to still kind of manage her Hulk ways and keep this job up. It's very lighthearted, but I think it's one of these cultural things that is just interesting to have an opinion on. And I think it's a bit of crack.
0: It's on Disney Plus, is it?
2: Yes. Nine episodes on Disney Plus um, started kind of mid-August. So we're getting through them now. I think it's coming up to the fifth episode.
0: Okay, so you recommend that? Is it really worth looking out for?
2: I think so. I think it's something that, as I say, is easy to watch and pay to crack. And there are so many cameos from really famous people like Megan Thee Stallion. Obviously, you have the Hulk Mark Ruffalo. Um, So I think it is interesting, yeah.
0: Okay, we've been hearing a lot, Grace, about RT and its drama, but uh, Virgin Media is doing its own uh, called The Vanishing Triangle. What is this?
2: So this is set in part of Ireland um, and it's going back to the 1990s and they're going to have a look at a number of women that went missing. Now, it's not based on real women that have gone missing, but um, these fictional characters, they will kind of show that side of Ireland in the 1990s. I think it'll be very interesting and it's obviously been a good year for Virgin Media. They've had 31 million online streams and things like that. So I I think this could be quite good. Well,
0: this is starring India Mullen and Alan Leach, but it's described as a six-part mystery thriller commissioned by Virgin, but also Sundance Now, a channel owned by an American company, AMC Networks, which I suppose is the important point here, Joe, is that for Irish drama to be made, it's going to have to be co-financed from overseas, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and it's also going to have to be sold abroad because there's just not a big enough Irish audience for what it costs to make these. Days. It's a very interesting. Uh, it's. It's. In, I think Virgin have had a. They've gone on a very bold strategy. Uh, they've really gone after the youth market, which everybody says is they forget about the youth market. They're all watching YouTube. They're not on. They're online. They're not watching broadcast TV. But it was interesting that the the Virgin Media Director of Content, Bill Malone, said that we're we're a streaming service now. You know, we're, we're not we're not your typical, we're not just standard, old-fashioned, uh, you know, TV channels. They've got four, they've got four uh, Virgin Media, one, two, three, four, and more. So they've got a lot of platforms, and they are pursuing this bold strategy. It does seem to be paying off for them. They're going after a young market. They are lucky to have Love Island, of course, which probably gave them that huge boost, their biggest ever quarter in terms of of streaming. So this is yet again, it's a good example of. Uh, a, a company, uh, some small enough broadcast, going to be making you know big plays and and with a bold strategy. So if it does pay off for them, there's great rewards. If the Vanishing triangle is an international audience, or at least finds an international audience. There's great rewards there.
0: And of course, they will be making some of their own documentaries here as well. Tell us about Lucy Kennedy's one, Grace. This, uh, this, Lucy investigates because actually maybe Joe, you know a bit about this. Uh, this yeah. is, um, well, she's looking at amongst other things what you might call kink culture.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a standard kind of like it's a it's a kind of a standard genre it has been in TV now for for a while. Kind the Louis Thoreau kind of like uh, you know uh, your presenter goes and immerses themselves with a try, so to speak, and this is unusual people doing unusual things. But when it's done well, it it. it It's good, and Lucy's got a good personality about her. One of the things is she's going to kind of delve into the swingers and kink kind of, uh, you know, underworlds in Ireland, so that's going to be interesting viewing. So... It it kind of shows that Virgin again are kind of following a kind of a you know a lot of different they're trying a lot of different things they're trying new stuff they're trying streaming you know they're big into streaming they're big into reality TV they've got the you know the daytime uh, kind of shows as well but also they're trying the kind of more traditional shows like Lucy will be doing and and then going as well for the for the big um, you know the the, the big time with, with Love Island and there will be a loop on Winter Love Island of course this year which is going to make a huge difference for them as well.
0: Of course, I wonder when it'll happen because all the schedules are going to be thrown a bit by the World Cup being on from yeah. late November, although it's only four-week window. I think the World Cup is almost compressed compared yeah. to previous years
1: it is. But you would you would think like, you know, in the depth of the new year when maybe we're all kind of snuggled up at home trying not to turn on the heating, Love Island, Winter Love Island <laughs> might make a lot of sense. Then, you know.
2: I believe it's not very popular, you know, Winter Love Island in comparison to the summer one. I think they see quite a lot of fallout from it and actually they didn't do it last year. So it's quite interesting to see that obviously after the impact this year from the Summer Love Island that they are going to bring it back.
0: Okay, now Grace, tell us about your pick of the week, please.
2: So my pick of the week is called The Re- rehearsal and it's absolutely brilliant. Have you heard of Nathan Fielder? No. So he's this kind of experimental comedian and I know how tedious that sounds, but he is an absolute genius and his show The Rehearsal, um, I'd say it has a huge budget for these social experiments that he's conducting. So he gives ordinary people the opportunity to rehearse moments of their lives before they actually happen. So you might, you know, you could have a difficult conversation coming up and you're kind of saying like, oh God, I wish I could practice see how it goes I wish I could know how it goes well he gives people the chance to do that but he goes as far to do it with like a lifestyle choice as well like raising a family so um, he gets these ordinary people in and they commit to say having a pretend family with him for six months um, and they kind of speed up the process they get different actors in to come in at different stages so that you get a child from infancy till they're 18 and it is very funny it's very emotional at times which is quite surprising but I could not recommend this more
0: okay what's it called again?
2: It's called the rehearsal and it's on now TV
0: Now TV okay Joe you've got something from Netflix.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if you've seen this match, but uh, I think you would like it a lot. It's called the Figo Affair, and it's about the the huge, humongous transfer that really kind of changed football and certainly set the tone for modern football transfers. Uh, Luis Sego from Barcelona to their arch-rivals Real Madrid in the early 90s or the early nineties, which was a shocking, shocking affair for all involved at the time. You don't have to be into soccer or football or sports to be interested in this because this is a tale of rogues, spids, double-dealing, politics, lies, scandal, money. It's fantastic, and the great thing about it is it's got all the main players, including Luis Figo, the Portuguese superstar. Florentino Perez, who was running to be the, 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 uh, the, 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 the sorry the president of Real Madrid. Joan Gaspard, who was running to be president of Barcelona. It's a fascinating hour and a half. It's really tight, really interesting, and there's a great kind of um, cameo in there from a guy called, you remember, Paulo Futre, uh, yeah. A really fantastic Portuguese striker. He's in there, and he is just He's crazy because he was the guy who kind of made the whole thing happen almost on a whim by taking this chance that he, he saw the chance. he had just retired. He was bitter about not making enough money from the game. And he saw the chance to kind of latch on to this transfer that seemed incredible, like never going to happen and he kind of made it happen by just lying his ass off basically it's, it's a really really good documentary it's called The Figo Affair that's on Netflix
0: Okay thank you very much Joe Shea Grace McKeever lots of comments coming into 087 4100 102 House of the Dragon looks amazing both the location sets and CGI effects shows uh, what these two reviewers know when they call it House of Dragons when it's actually called House of the Dragon both great shows with different types of viewership okay we get it House of the Dragon and other ones says, the best show on Disney Plus is only Murders in the Building. Uh, well acted, well plotted and the season two ending was stunning. Actually, I haven't even started season two yet and really enjoyed season one. So that's another one I must get to. Shane and um, really agrees with Joe. I watched the Figo documentary really good. Highly recommend it. And another one, credit where credit is due. The she hulk score was composed by Amy Doherty from Ballin Slow you've got out go. there you go The Last
2: Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today FM.